This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how's it going? Great, Metcalf. You know how excited we get about the Thursday pods because it's almost over. It is Thursday, right? <laughs> I feel like the days are bleeding, bleeding together right now, but um, I'm excited. To, this is the first time I've ever talked with Maxwell, so I'm pretty pumped about this on a pod. So um, I've never talked this early about an upcoming class before a draft, so Thanks, guys, for getting me on this path. But yeah, no, I'm I'm pumped about this episode. How are you doing, Metcalf? How are we How are we holding up? I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm excited for this. It's a, a little bit of change of pace. It's a, a little bit of fresh air into uh, the conversations we've been having. Not that we're sick of this dra- 2022 draft class by any means, but uh, we are joined by Maxwell Bombach, No Ceilings family member, who was in the house for the 2022 McDonald's All American Game, getting a in-person view at some of these guys um so maxwell welcome welcome back yeah. how's it going it's it's going great i'm glad to glad to be back here this time with ruckers that's exciting yeah. too uh i'm also ruining my friday commute because this is normally what i listen to on the drive to work friday <laughs> so by being on the show i'm not gonna listen to myself that's terrible so uh yeah so i'm ruining my commute for tomorrow by being here tonight but i'm excited the mcdonald's game was fun it was my first kind of boots on the ground experience uh ever while doing any sort of draft coverage so uh super super excited to talk about it yeah well then i'm then we're just gonna have to make it worth your while um so you you also put up a recap piece over on no ceilingsmba.com so if Mm -hmm. listeners if you haven't read that make sure to go read that and check it out there's a, a lot of really good run through just a quick run through of a lot of guys and i i think the 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 place i want to start out with is um something that you wrote that immediately aligned with what I watched or what I saw. And that was with Nick Smith point or point guard slash shooting guard uh, going to Arkansas, five-star recruit, uh, sixth overall recruit in the ESPN class. And right when I watched him, I was like, Oh God, this guy looks small out there. And then they talk about his wingspan and it's like six, nine. I'm like, Holy shit. Like six, nine wingspan. Okay. And then I look him up and it's six, four, six, five. I'm like, that can't be right. So Besides, so for me, he looked way smaller than 6'4 or 6'5. Um, but what were your kind of overall thoughts with Nick Smith? Yeah, I, I've i not seen as much of a lot of these guys as out of like two coming in. So I've seen each of these guys just like a handful of times and that's it. Um, I really liked Nick Smith as sort of a just on-ball playmaker and creator and things like that coming into this game. Uh, he can pass on the go. He keeps really nice with the floor. But as I said in the piece, the first thing that jumped out was this guy is absolutely not six foot four. And like if that if this dude was on like Tinder and was putting in his bio that he was six four and was showing up <laughs> to dates looking that height, he's he's could get himself into some trouble. He'd get into some trouble doing that. So he's gotta be you gotta be careful out there, Nick Smith. You can't be doing stuff like that. Um, but honestly, I, I thought that he looked the most kind of uh i just i hate that we're like starting off just on such a downer note he he was kind of the most disappointing to me um the size was an issue but the way that it affected him was a bigger problem if he would if he just like looked short it would have been okay um but he seemed to be the guy that was the most troubled by the rest of the length and athleticism on the floor i believe he finished five for 14 and a lot of that was just issues around the rim. He'd get to the cup and just the amount of arms and wingspan and all that around him was, was a little too much. And it, he didn't quite have the craft to deal with it consistently. He had a couple nice finishes, but it wasn't just an automatic thing once he got to the bucket. 
Something that really stood out for me watching him was I I actually really liked his on-ball defense. So just while while we're still early in this pod, caveat Mm -hmm. in place, we're we're not writing off any of these guys. Oh, any of these. It was it was an all-star game. It was fun. It was a good look at all these guys on the same court at one time. But that's what we do here. We we nitpick. We 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 look at what they do, and we have a little bit of fun with it. Um, how do so? We we both agree that he looks a little smaller. Mm-hmm. But do you think that's going to affect him defensively? Because if that wingspan is six nine, like they said, or even mm-hmm. you know six seven, that that's still a really good wingspan for a point guard. And then just like the his competitiveness on ball and the way he moved his feet, I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, th- my my concern with him it, is basically just limited to how is he. And I think he could figure it out. I mean, he's he's number six in his class for a reason. Yeah. He's obviously a very talented kid. Um, I think he is going to figure out the finishing, but I think that's going to be the thing that is the biggest adjustment. That's going to be early in the season when I'm looking at for him is seeing like, how did you take steps to deal with this, especially as he heads into conference play and a loaded conference. Um, yeah, I thought def- defensively it didn't really concern me much at all. He he looked really competitive and engaged on that end, especially given that it was an all-star environment. Not everybody was. Um, but he was a guy who, yeah, he seemed to take a lot of pride in his play. And like his outside shot didn't go down. And that's one of those things where I, I know Nick Smith can shoot. I, I've seen him hit shots. His percentages are usually good from deep. I'm not worried about the shot. It was just a little alarming as far as what does this guy's ceiling look like, knowing that he's a little bit shorter doesn't get up that well in traffic. Like when he has a runway in transition, he he's fine, but he just didn't have a lot of pop coming off of the floor. And that is kind of a concern. It's like, how legitimate is he going to be when it comes to putting pressure on the rim and finishing? Rucker, whether it's Smith or anyone else, what, what was your kind of big takeaway from, from the game? Yeah. I mean, it's always crazy for me to, scout an all-star game because it's like scouting the nba all-star game it's always just like (laughs) chaos it's ugly chaos but i mean it's it's good to get a little bit of an idea of these guys especially before you know you know the draft grind never stops so um smith the the hype immediately jumped at me i was like wait wait, wait, wait." like i was watching him i was like okay this guy's getting all this buzz then i looked up like the heights and measure i was like no he's not six five like six four i don't even think he's stretching it and I, I I felt the same way. Now, like I'm, we're not writing these guys off. Like Metcalf said, it's really important to repeat that. But he definitely, from like Maxwell's what he said, you know, with the length bothering him, I think that was spot on because it bothers me when really good ball handlers like don't get anywhere with their dribble. Like when they're just like staying in one place, and it's like, okay, you just dribbled ten times, but you went two feet. And it, he had a couple times like that where I think he was just struggling to get by guys. Um, but then you like saw like what Maxwell's hinting at. You saw him like when he had like a runway and transition and you're like, okay, he can get rolling. So, and yeah, he missed a couple shots. Like everyone might overreact to that, but he looks solid. Um, I just kind of was like, okay, I might need a little bit more time before I'm buying in all the way on Nick Smith, but he, he definitely looked intriguing. Um, I get the hype and the excitement, but a lot of way to go. I, I felt like he was a little skinny too. So, you mm-hmm. know, add some weight, put some muscle on, and I'm sure he's going to have a heck of a year with, uh, he's going to Arkansas, right? See, I'm trying to, I'm trying mm-hmm. to get, get my feet wet right now, but like half of the players in this game are going yeah. to Arkansas next it season. Like so it. if you need to guess at any point, just throw out Arkansas. You'll be, that's fine. what I was saying. It feels like everyone's mm-hmm. going to Arkansas. So shout out muscleman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I, I think while we're on Arkansas, who just had a massive week, and they also got commits from the number 10 ranked recruit. These recruiting rankings are all according to ESPN, by the way. Uh, Jordan Walsh, Walsh, small forward, 6'7", 195. And the 20th ranked prospect, Anthony Black, small forward, 6'7", 190. So Maxwell, did either of those guys stand out in any kind of meaningful ways for you? Yeah, Black really did. He... um man he's fun he he reminds me a lot of kendall brown who i I, like i'm i've cooled on kendall brown a little bit but like early in the season he was just one of those guys where he was so fun and so exciting that i was immediately just in love with his game and there's a lot of that to, to anthony black's game he is um like a point guard level passer one of the first big exciting plays of the game was a hit ahead pass that he threw in transition and immediately it was like oh wow and then so this is this is annoying so i i was not super familiar with him they had programs that they gave out at the games 
that were opposites in terms of the color of the jerseys so like the blue part of the program was for the players wearing red and the red part of the program was for players wearing (laughs) blue so i was like wait a minute who threw that pat and like it took me like a minute and a half of like every time there's a dead ball i was like all right whose number is that whose number is that (laughs) and then i was astounded i was like oh he's he's six eight and then like there was a play where they were at the free throw line he was lined up next to Derek Lively, and it's like, oh man, yeah, that dude is six eight, and he threw a point guard level pass in transition. Um, on top of that, just really nice command of the ball when he's dribbling it. Like that dude has a handle, and a lot of guys that are that big, it's it's really hard. It gets away from your body easier. Guys can dig into it, um, but he he looked good there. Um, the other thing I really liked about him, he had some nice craft around the basket. Very good cutting instincts off the ball, uh, which is going to be critical if his outside shot isn't all the way there yet. Um, But something that I have really started to put a lot of weight into is how quickly guys pass the ball as well. Um, Just because in the NBA, odds are like they're guys that we call good decision makers, but they get a lot of time to make their decisions. The offense runs through them. They are the primary ball handler and things like that. Um, When you are in more of a role, you have to make that decision really quickly and when he needed to make a quick extra pass, he did it. So I, I was really kind of infatuated with him coming out of this game. Rucker, how, how excited should Arkansas fans be with these three guys coming in, especially with Walsh and Black on the wings and like the size and athleticism and versatility that they're bringing to the table? Yeah, I think if you're an Arkansas fan last night, you know, or, or watching those games, you're probably just being like, please, Jalen Williams, come back one more year. Like, <laughs> we have all of these, all of these dogs at one place. Like that would be a really, really fun, like assortment of tools. Cause you know, Musselman's going to do a great job getting them in a position to succeed. Um, they just look like they got some fun weapons and, and you know how hard that team always plays. So like, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're watching those guys, you, you got to be fascinated. Like, definitely. It's it's always funny because I feel like we always fascinate when, like, the top prospects of high school go to the same school. And I always feel like if – sometimes when you get around the board, it could be better because you're getting, like, the specific skill set guys that, like, could really help yourself or you're getting, like, a lengthy wing that could also pass. Um, and, and then all of a sudden you pair him with, like – maybe a lower recruit, but he can shoot the crap out of the ball. And it's like, okay, they complement each other a little bit better. So yeah, Arkansas is going to be a fun one next year. Um, Steven Gillespie, our boy at no ceilings. I'm sure he's, uh, he's pretty pumped on life right now. Mm-hmm. Another team that's probably, you know, unfortunately for a lot of people uh, is going to be really fun next year is Duke. Um, who is bringing in just another loaded class for John Shire's first year. Uh, highlighted by the number one overall recruit, Derek Lively, Lively a 7-1 center. Uh, the number four recruit, Derek Whitehead, a 6-6, really versatile small forward. And Kyle Philip Philipowski? Oh, yeah, there you go, Metcalf. Come on, baby. Come on. Doing big things. Uh, number five overall recruit, 6-10 center, uh, Kyle. I'm going to resort to calling him because that's much easier for me. Um, did play in this because he's a fifth year senior and apparently fifth year seniors in high school are not allowed to play in this game. Oh, I didn't know that's why I thought he was snubbed. Okay. No. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. The, the, the perks of the broadcast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But Maxwell between uh, Derek Lively and Whitehead, which mm-hmm. one of those really stood out to you? Yeah. So during pregame warmups, it was definitely lively. Um, I was like losing my mind watching him before the game. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's an all-star game. So warmups aren't, you're not getting to see like, what's this guy's routine and whatever. Like guys are, are goofing around, which they should. It's the McDonald's all American game. Have, have a good time. Um, he, they start doing like a, a layup line, uh, where they're just doing dunks. And a lot of guys are trying to do cool stuff and some of them can do it. Uh, but a lot of them are just like trying to go for stuff and they're missing it, whatever. And Lively was doing these wild dunks, but making all of them. It was a lot of like, I'm doing it between the legs. I'm doing a big windmill. I'm doing this and that. And all of them went in. And just the way that he would like run after doing these dunks and just the way he moved around, he really does move like a guard. And it seems like so often now we're like, oh, this big guy moves like a guard that it's it's thrown around a little more than it should. But he he truly did. I was just astounded by how big he looked and how 
easy everything looked for him. He looked like he was playing on a Nerf hoop when he was warming up. It was really, really impressive. I thought during the game, he was a little bit more mm-hmm. laid back, didn't really get after it a ton. Um, but during warmups, it's like, okay, I get, I get it now. I got a question for Maxwell because yeah. now I'm going to make life easier for Metcalf a little. I, just, I like mm-hmm. to throw some surprises. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to overreact right now. And I'm going to ask you a heavy question because, you know, you watched one game and you have to make this call. So <laughs> okay. um, we know Victor and Scoot are going to yeah. be the bell of the ball. Is there a world where Derek could get up there? Do you think? just because of like the tools and the athleticism, like seven, one, like I saw him yeah. on tape and then I was like, Oh my gosh, he's seven, one, he's seven, fluid. two. And I was like, he's humongous. And if, if he has that type of athleticism and mobility, NBA teams fall in love with bigs, but mm-hmm. you know, we're getting the skinny era. So now I'm just, I'm calling out Maxwell with uncomfortable questions and I'm rambling yeah. right now to buy you some time. So. No, I, I think it's, I think it's, totally fair to ask that i think a lot of people are going to hear that question just be like oh no it's it's victor and it's scoot and whatever um but i mean just look at the lessons that we learned from this last draft if before the year i said jay nivey will go ahead of peyton watson like, i don't know it, like even before the year it seemed like the people that were bullish on ivy were like he, he might if he's really good go in the top part of the lottery like right. <laughs> if you were saying he's top seven it seemed like you were really pushing the envelope right so it, i do think it is a possibility and i think people need to be open to the idea of it um, the thing with lively, and I feel like I've seen a little bit of this in the high school tape that I've seen of him is I wish he was a little more competitive. Okay. Like, and I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he's like aloof. Like, it's not like he doesn't care, but it just seems like there's times where he's, he's a little content to let the game come to him. And I don't, there, you could have so many worse qualities. Like this is a guy, I mean, he's not selfish or anything like that. He's not pouty or whatever. He he just plays within the flow of the game. And I think that is going to be the one thing that, pre- like, if everything clicks, if he's shooting, let's say, 34, 35% from three, and he's playing defense like we know he can, and he's moving like we know he can, um, the one thing that I think could hold him back is just that aggressiveness and assertiveness. Um, so I, I think it's possible. I wouldn't say it's likely. So pivot into his soon-to-be teammate, Derek Whitehead. Um, this is a guy who really stood out to me last summer when I was watching Monford film for, you know, Langston Love and Duran and Nemhard and Caleb Houston and those guys. And then there's this guy who's younger than them who's starting a lot and getting a lot of usage and run. And based on that film compared to this game, the improvements that his shot has made since then has been really impressive because the, just the way his mechanics have smoothed out over time, um, I think is really encouraging for his long-term development. Uh, there were some really bad misses uh, with him. So I, so how crazy am I right now for leaning towards liking Whitehead a little more than lively? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's, I think that's, totally understandable i think i might be in that same boat um i think what i liked about whitehead the most was just the fact that he really kept the ball moving too Mm -hmm. like guys like that who can shoot command attention understand the attention that they command and use that to just supplement their teammates and things like that like that is sublime like that is that is top of the class behavior when you're doing that sort of stuff so i i was really impressed with him on that front i thought his just craft around the basket his body control the way he could contort his body to finish his touch around the rim all really beautiful um from what i understand and again i've i've only seen a couple games of him um i think there are still like some doubters on the shot there is like it's sort of like a a last minute just like quick flicking motion that feels a little unnatural in his wrist on it um but I, I do think it looked good. And, and he had some from deep behind the lines. There have been bad misses, but the range is there. I think it's going to work itself out. Um, defensively, all the tools you could want are there. I think I think he, just based on the way that the modern NBA is and the importance of wings, I would probably lean him over lively right now. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if it goes one way or the other. I, I might feel differently about it just based on the day of the week. You never know. And then I think that combined with the fact that he's 
the or he was the youngest player in this game, I think is really impressive. And the that I didn't and, know. That's yeah. the leaps and again, this is according to the broadcast. So mm-hmm. if I'm mistaken on that, listeners, it's probably right. I mean, I just, p- yeah. please don't kill me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of want to circle back on his shot because the the mechanics are a little weird because he he kind of seems to go straight up with the ball and then, like you said, just kind of flicks it. Mm-hmm. But it it has smoothed out so. Do you think that it's is it, yeah? I hate saying that the shooting's a make or break skill for the guy. Yeah, but based on how much he's kind of worked on it and it's improved over the last year or two compared to what we saw in that game, where are you kind of at with it? Because when it goes in, it looks silky smooth, but mm-hmm. then he had some misses where he's hitting the opposite side of the backboard. Yeah, I think I buy it. Um, I think nowadays coaching seems to be at a point where if you really want to get your shot better, there's going to be people that can get you there. And like, I know Jaden Ivey was a good shooter in high school, but just watching the film last year, one thing I noted was he, like I called it like he shacks his release a lot. Like Jaden Ivey had a lot of like bad misses from three where he just did not follow all the way through um, with his wrist. And I think if you really want to focus on it, you can really clean up your shot mechanically in short order. And I, I have reason to believe that Whitehead can do it just based on the makes here. Some of the, sometimes the shot does look just silky and super pure, uh, and his touch around the basket's really good. And if a guy has that kind of touch, I'm more willing to believe it. I think he is just a good coordinated athlete and those kind of guys I'm, I'm more comfortable betting on than someone who's a little more like raw athletically, but not super coordinated. Like those are the guys that if their shots not all the way there, I'm not as willing to buy in, but I, I think, I think it will be at the very least solid for him. Rucker, um, I, I kind of want to pivot away from Duke for now and get your thoughts on two shooting guards who, I, at least in my eyes, play in completely different styles. And that's Amari Bailey, uh, 6'4 shooting guard going to UCLA, and Keontae George, 6'3 shooting guard going to Baylor. What was your impression of them after this game? Um, Bailey... <laughs> I'll start with Bailey. Bailey seems like he's going to be one that's going to puzzle me a little bit. Like I get the tools and I'm a little intrigued, but I think he could be a little erratic at times. Um, but going to UCLA is probably going to, it's probably going to be a great situation for him. Like he's going to probably have a lot of time to play for a really tough coach. And um, you know, who knows if Peyton Watson's going to go back, that could be a little fun duo. Um, I'm really, really really um excited about george i I just kind of loved everything i was seeing from him on the court and you know i know he didn't fill up the box scores but just looks like a solid wing that can shoot the crap out of the ball and and he looks like the fundamentals and the gather looked like under control when he was he i think he had one coming off the top of the key came off a like a screen um away from the ball and just like just smooth It, it just looked nice and then i saw some like fact that he won like a three point competition. I was like, okay, so obviously my man can shoot, but um, I believe he's going to Baylor. Correct. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. So like he, that'll be another great place. Like that's going to be a good spot for him to kind of get after it defensively. And um, I, I just, I walked away with that. Like George was a guy who caught my attention. Whitehead. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm in. Um he just looked fantastic. I I really, really liked him. And it's funny because I haven't watched, I know I'm going back to Duke now. Sorry, Metcalf, but um, I haven't watched a lot of like his high school tape. Guilty guys. I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, So the fact that you guys just both were bringing up his shot and like it's taking steps forward. I was like, Whoa, that's interesting. Cause when I looked at it, I was like, okay, he's got a solid shot. He's really hitting it from deep, but um yeah, so I would say to answer your question, like I, I definitely am way more intrigued with George. He looks like a guy that could be probably like a better, I hate overreacting from one game, but like a better fit for the NBA, just becoming like an outside floor spacing wing that looks like he's going to be, have a strong ass frame. Like he, he looks built. So, Maxwell, what was your takeaway between those two guys? First, I kind of want to get your personal preference between them Mm -hmm. and then, you know, let fans know what they can expect from each of these guys. Yeah. So George didn't like stand out to me a ton in person. And I think that is just the nature of his game. 
And I th- and in some ways, that's like a really good thing for his projection that in this All-Star game, he just played a very normal, composed, poised game. Um, my preference is Amari Bailey, uh, based on what I've seen coming into this. I And part of this is just aesthetic bias. I love offensive footwork and guys that can just really dance with the ball with purpose. And Amari Bailey does that. Uh, his, his craft at the ball, the way he uses his feet to set up what he does. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I like his shots. Sometimes it's a little bit of a line drive, which is like concerning, um, but it goes in. So that's, that's the important thing. But um, yeah, to, to my, um, I'm sorry, to Rucker's point too, there were times where he was a little erratic. There would be passing decisions that he would make where there was a, just a visibly much easier read on the floor. And you would try to do something a lot more complicated than that. Uh, which is a little frustrating, but I think part of that is it's an all-star game and he was in his hometown. So I think he was also just yeah. under a lot of, a lot of pressure. There was a lot of people, uh, you know, wearing jerseys, shirts and things like that for him. So I think a lot of people in the crowd wanted him to kind of show out and, and put on a performance more so than just play a basketball game. Uh, but I, I really like Amari Bailey. I, I love guys with size that can handle the ball and pass and, I think that as he scales up in competition, I think he'll understand that he needs to reel that stuff in. Um, so he's he's kind of the guy that I lean toward out of the two. And then kind of on the flip side, two guys who I don't think, at least early in their careers, are going to provide much perimeter threat are Dylan Mitchell, small forward, 6'7", headed to Texas, and Jairus Walker, 6'7", power forward, headed to Houston. Jairus Walker really stood out to me. And when, yes. when I saw him come on the court i was like okay just another physical rebounding interior scoring power forward okay and then i saw him dribble i'm like holy shit this dude has handles like a guard um i don't think the shots are there for either of those guys right now but what what were your kind of initial takeaways from those two guys whose athleticism feels very ready yeah so walker immediately jumped out to me as soon as i saw him warming up just because he's so big he looks like he should yeah. be on an NBA court tomorrow. Um, that dude is powerful. Um, I, I came away really impressed with him. I thought he, another guy who just knew how to cut on the court. Um, he uh, saw the court really well. Uh, yeah, I can put it on the floor to your point. I will say I ended up watching the scrimmage from before the McDonald's all American game this afternoon. And after the scrimmage, I was like, all right, I might need to pump the brakes a little bit. Um, he, no, he took in some, a bad way. I know. No. I, yeah. So he, he took some mid range shots that were bad, bad. Um, I do not want him shooting from beyond the elbow <laughs> at this point. No. In time. So I was like, I, yeah. And maybe that was just like, Hey, this is a scrimmage for an all-star game. Who gives a shit? But <laughs> I was I was deeply concerned by some of the misses he had during that scrimmage. They were bad, bad. Um on the on the Miller front, I, I really liked him. He was really fun. He had some really slick passes. He gets off the floor really well. Um, his driving craft is interesting. Like he has like a nice little Euro step in his bag. Like he's got some interesting stuff to him. Uh the shot like it looks for it looks all right like i it wouldn't shock me if he ends up shooting better than we expect and he really breaks out um but yeah i was i left the game just all in on walker and then watched the scrimmage today and i was like all right this might be a guy who's who's in school for a year or two and that's fine like i, I you don't want to rush these guys and whatever and again maybe it was just that was the game he had in that scrimmage but some of the misses there kind of made me uh, a little a little more reserved about him uh, Rucker, when I brought up Walker, you got really excited, and now you you are visibly distraught after, no, that, I'm okay. after that scrimmage recap. So, no, I'll well, be all what, right. What, 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 what are your feelings on Walker? Um, gosh, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So, I, I like my scouting methods is never the same. I kind of get funky with it sometimes, challenge myself. But like, I went and watched these games, and I was just like, I'm not even going to look at the roster. I'm just going to like write down who stands out. And then I'll like look up their background, where they're going to go to school, blah, blah, blah. Cause I usually don't want to listen to the announcers. Sorry, play by play guys. Like I usually mute it and listen to music and watch it. And then he had a possession where he was just dribbling the ball on the wing. And I was like, whoa. I was like, who's this guy? Cause he was just moving so fluid. And I was like, man, he's big. And I was like, he can handle like that. 
So I immediately looked him up and I was like, okay, you got good size. And I was like, Houston, you're going to go play for Samson. I was like, yes. I was like, I'm in. I was like, this mm-hmm. is an early contender for my guy next year. And then, um, Maxwell just shits all over my heart. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No, no, no. But it, he he looked like there's some there's definitely some intriguing stuff that's like gets you excited for the long term. And like um exactly what Maxwell said, like, you know, this doesn't have to be a one-year guy. Like he might go to Samson and take two years and get his shot down and be awesome. But he does look like he's gonna be a damn bully inside, like if he gets around the basket. So good fit like another guy that mm-hmm. is just like going to a good place where he, samson's gonna coach the crap out of him and um you know they'll probably be a six seed in the tournament and then make the final four somehow because they do it every year it's not me being jealous that they beat arizona i'm still trying <laughs> um but i was i was just really intrigued with like the tools that look super raw already because if he has that size and length with those handles um i think like now I have to watch the scrimmage and watch how ugly the shot was like. <laughs> I think the shot could develop because you always can oh, yeah. work on the shot. But if you have the handles, like the power, like he he just ha- he was gliding around the basket sometimes. I was like, okay, like I see uh I'm intrigued. So yeah, got my attention. But now I'm now I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. No, it's fine. I'm glad you said that because now I got it's, yeah, this is how it happens. Metcalf does this yeah, to me, and it, then I watch literally a scrimmage. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I will say I think that I think Houston is going to be a great environment for him. And the other thing too is they have so many like super seniors this year that are all going to be gone. Like there is going to be a real clear path for him to play for a guy who, who knows how to coach people up. And I think Fabian White is the name that I kept thinking about with him. Where this is a guy who never shot from the outside, and then after a year, is like a thirty-seven percent three-point shooter, taking right. a couple a game. So this, you could pick so many worse destinations for this guy. The fact that he's in Houston for me is excellent. That's great. That's the kind of place I want a player like him. And while seeing Houston next to a five-star recruit kind of caught us off guard because it's it's been a while. Seeing a couple Kentucky guys out there was not a surprise at all. Um, and the the two guys that I think really made an impact were Chris Livingston, a six, six small forward and case and Wallace, a six, three point guard, both headed to Kentucky Maxwell. What were you, or how did you come away after watching those guys? Yeah. So Livingston kind of did what I want him to do. Um, it's funny. So the last, the last game I watched of him, they had a game against vertical Academy that I think was on ESPN two. And like my wife came into the room when it was on and she was like, Oh, like, who are you watching this game? And I was like, this guy, Chris Livingston. And he had like 27 points and like 15 rebounds. And it was just one of those games where like, he was so clearly better than everybody on the court. And she was like, Oh, how is he? And I was like, I honestly can't tell. Like he's so dominant that like, it's just one of those games where he's just so clearly better than everybody on the floor that you don't even really know what you're looking at. So uh, to kind of see him in a more, more even environment this time around, uh, he hit like a nice three from above the break. that was pretty contested early on. So it was nice to see that because in the games I'd seen from him, it was mostly just him kind of dominating everybody cleaning up on the glass. He's got a, a big, strong frame at six, seven. Uh, and he knows how to use that power on the attack. I love, 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 love. And Trevor Keels is a guy that uses it a lot. That running back cradle move to get through the paint. If you don't know that your handle's there, like just don't put it on the floor in traffic. Just cradle it, use your strength, get to the rim. Um, so he, out of those two, he was definitely the one that sort of jumped out to me. Uh, mostly just hitting that outside job because he, he really competes in the games I've seen playing. Like he's a guy who will fly all over the court, mix it up on the glass, take it to the every chance he has. He does not like to leave things on the table. He does that all. Uh, his mentality is just like, I'm, I'm all night. I understand there's still concerns about a shot and things like that. And I, I get it, but if there's going to be concerns about your shot, I want you to play the way that he does. I want you to be fearless when you take him. You want to get to the rim. I, I was so surprised to see Case and Wallace picking up a full court um, for pretty much every session. 
Like this is bold in, in a high school all-star game, but but good for you. Rucker, did you have any major kind of takeaways from either of those guys? Um, Livingston just kept jumping out at me. Yeah. Um, another guy that I was just like, okay, who's this guy? Like he just kept popping all over the place. He's so damn strong with the ball. Um, I, I was just really impressed by that. And then of course I see that he's going to Kentucky and I was like, okay, of course. Another guy going to Kentucky. But um, I really, really liked what I saw, I, I was like, okay, yep. I'm going to write that name down because I do think that's like a, I'm a sucker for the guys that aren't going to go in the top 10. Like if you, if you catch my eye early in the year on these projected hypothetical mock drafts, you know, a year and a half before it's going to happen. Um, I like just want to write you down because I'm like, all right, I'm going to track, see if you can, you know, outperform what everyone's thinking right now. And that was one guy that just jumped at me right away um, as well as, you know, Walker, but, yeah, I, I was a fan of Livingston. I, I really, I think that's going to be a really fun piece to see. I mean, it would be fun if Shaden Sharp went back to Kentucky and gave us a full year of, you know, tape. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. But, yeah, no, I, I liked Livingston. What about you, Metcalf? What'd you, what did you think? Did you like Did you like my boy Livingston? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear that it's like, okay, but this guy can play and – you know, I'm I'm almost a little hesitant, like this summer after the draft, to even go back and watch his high school film because, like Maxwell was saying, it's like, am I really going to get anything out of this besides, right. yeah, this dude's a really great athlete who's just fucking better than everyone else out here. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm really excited to see him in that college setting and how he operates, you know, in that system. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of retool that roster with Ty Ty leaving. Uh, whether or not Sheboy comes back, I would kind of guess he goes pro, but who knows? And then I, Kellen Grady's gone. Um, so I know it'll be interesting to see if they bring in any other transfers or if they kind of, if Calipari s- somewhat pivots back to giving these freshmen a, a much more significant, you know, kind of scoring and offensive role. Yeah, but it's interesting too because Damian, Damian, I'm sorry, yes, yeah, to say we know Damian Collins is like gonna go back too. Like he basically said, yeah, like, yeah. He's not testing the waters, not transferring. And that's good too. Like you think it's to play a ton, but I really enjoyed the minutes that he was on the floor. Um, and with a guy like him, Livingston, like that's a pretty formidable sort of front line of dudes they have to deal with in terms of just the pogo stick, leak, le- pogo stick leaper and Collins, a guy like Livingston who's just strong, like that is. That's interesting. And I, I'd really love Shane Sharp to play in school, not just to make evaluating him a lot easier, but just for the sake of like that lineup could be really, really interesting. Yeah. For completely unselfishly, Shaden, please go back to school. <laughs> not, not that we have an agenda or are looking out for our own well-being here at all, but uh, another, you know, blue blood who's looking to retool this roster pretty easily is Kansas who very likely will lose Christian Brown, Ochai Baji, David McCormick, but they're bringing in two five stars, three five stars, excuse me, and Jay Rice didn't play in this game, but uh, the number eight recruit, Grady Dick, did. Small forward, 6'7", and Ernest Uday, a 6'10 center who felt like almost an exact clone of David McCormick. Um, Maxwell, did, did you have any glaring takeaways from this? I, I know Grady yeah. Dick is pegged as this really lethal shooter. And was it just a case that he just didn't shoot that well? I think so. Um, I, yeah, he, he played poorly, but I was still really impressed with him. Um, the, the line I used in my article was that when he gets the ball in the perimeter, the defenders feel like parents seeing like a kid pick something up off the ground that they're like about to put in their mouth. Like every time he would like get the ball in the perimeter, the defense is like, Oh no, 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 no. Like <laughs> we can't let this guy shoot like in. And he was, so you could tell that he's just used to it. He was very calm, very poised and just had a full array of, I'm going to pump the you and take one big step in and, and put it up from the mid range. I'm going to take one, one side step and go from there. Um, something that hit me, like in reverse order that I ended up really liking with him was during the McDonald's game. He had a really nice pump fake, big side step three. And in the scrimmage I watched and he did a pump fake, got the guy out of the way, took a small side step and the guy ended up blocking a shot a little bit. And it was almost like, Oh my God. Like he literally took that and saw like, I need to make this a big step to the side against this level of competition. So that's one of those things that I liked it when I saw it. Cause it's like, Oh, it's a nice move. But seeing it with the context of, hey, two days ago, you got blocked when you did this exact same thing, but didn't take a big enough step, uh, really, really made me a fan of his. 
Uh, you can tell he just commands a ton of gravity and, and he had an off game, but this is a guy who shot like 47% from three in high school on absurd volume. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's really exciting. Uh, I do think he, I don't I don't know. It's silly to pick. He might be a multi-year guy because he's skinny when like, they're all skinny. They're all 18. Um, but he did look the most, just like a normal high school kid of anybody on the court that night. Um, like it was pretty glaring and warmups just based on his size. I think him and Khalil, Khalil Ware was the other one, but he was fantastic. We'll touch on him later. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I did think he needs to kind of get bigger. But in terms of his movement and everything like that, it looked good. I think he just probably needs to be a little stronger. Rucker, did you have it, did either of those guys leave lasting impressions on you or just kind of thinking about those guys going into that Kansas developmental system and Kansas's track record and at making guys better? Um, how how excited are you about e- either of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, Maxwell hinted at it. I think Grady Dick like had a bad shooting performance, but I almost was like more intrigued that he was going to Kansas because I was like, he's going to the right place. Like he just kind of looks like exactly. You know, I'm not trying to compare white guys, but he looks like it's going to be like Christian Braun. No, it's just going to be like <laughs> Christian Braun, like 2.0, and, and he looks like a guy that has like a solid shot. Just it just was an off night. Like he just couldn't get the shot to fall, but. um it's it's always funny in those all-star games when it's just like the lethal shooter playing with like the freakish athletes because the lethal shooter stands out because he's just trying to get to his spots and hit jumpers and everyone else is trying to throw down dunks and stuff. So um, he he looks like he's going to be a really solid like player. He just like Maxwell saying, I, I kind of could see him being almost like a multi-year guy because add frame you, you know might need to get a little quicker um we'll see how he handles like defensively at the next level it's just, there's just a lot of questions but um i selfishly want him to be i said this earlier and it's the worst dad joke ever i want him to be a nba all-star because he has the best last name ever and there's gonna be the funniest play-by-play <laughs> calls of all time like yeah, what a play by dick it's gonna be hilarious and i'm never gonna stop laughing because i have a 12 year old's humor <laughs> And we're grown men here, but that's okay. <laughs> I like to have fun. Come on. <laughs> Can I enjoy the little things? <laughs> Maxwell was – or I got a question again. Yeah. Screw you, Matt. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Take, I'm taking over. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I watched the game and then read your column. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Guilty. I'm not going to lie here because we're friends. Um, the quality so I'm asking, control here. No ceilings. Just no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> asking, <laughs> I'm asking the question because I know the answer, and I think it's yeah. important for the listeners. Who did you leave like the most impressed by? Because I also was the most impressed by the, I think the exact same person. Are we talking Cam Whitmore? Yes, we are talking Mr. Whitmore. Okay. Because so, I was in love. I'm like, oh my gosh. I I was very excited for him. So just as like a quick background thing, I, I really enjoy Villanova basketball. Uh, and that's that's where he's headed. Oh, like, going, going, into, going into the season, I was if you like just search my Twitter handle in the the word Samuels, you will see nothing but tweets of me being like Jermaine Samuels, is an NBA player like Jermaine Samuels <laughs> is so good. And like he, he ended up getting the yips with his shot this year and just not hitting his threes. And uh, maybe it'll, maybe he'll have a cup of coffee somewhere, but uh, like he is the prototypical Villanova player where he's going to defend. He's going to rebound. He's going to move the ball exceptionally well for his position. He's going to box you out. He's going to do all the little things, but he's super athletic. And it is very exciting, not only that this type of guy exists, but that he's going to Villanova where he's just going to get maximized. Um, So what kind of stood out for you watching it on the broadcast version? Because in person, it kind of like snuck up on me. He was a guy that like lazily, I, I hadn't, I don't think I'd seen him. I think he was the one guy I hadn't seen at all um prior to this game and i just saw like on um on the program like villanova commit and i was like all right well i don't really need to watch this guy because he's gonna go to villanova for three years <laughs> before yeah. he comes out and then you watch him and it's like oh man no he's he's legit everything he was doing and i don't mean to be like so like you know big 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 picture here but i was just like man i like like who's this guy and he just kept doing all these little things. And I was like, this guy can play. Like he looks solid. He's got good size. He's got good frame. He, he's strong with the ball. Like he's doing the dirty work inside. He looks like he's got a little solid outside shot. And I just kept being like, yes, like who's this kid? And then I looked up 
and he saw it. He's going to Villanova. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course. Cause I have mm-hmm. had the biggest weakness over the years for like Michael Bridges, Sadiq Bay. Like I love Nova players. I love Nova wings, especially. And when I saw he was going to Nova, I was like, oh, Jay Wright is going to go to work with this kid. Cause he's also super athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said. And I was also like, man, now, you know, with, and I'm not saying Michael Bridges and Sadiq Bay weren't, but this looks like another level of like, okay, whoa. So that was probably the guy. I mean, Whitehead was incredible, but that was probably the guy that popped out at me the most because I was like, whoa, I okay, I'm intrigued. Because I feel like um, I don't have the ESPN rankings off the top of my head. I feel like uh, like Wright gets – I feel like he gets that – type of guys all the time i feel like he gets the lower guys that like he develops for a couple of years so when i saw like he was getting someone like that right away i was like whoa okay like yeah, yeah. this is gonna be awesome well he, like early in the game he had that block on grady dick that was that was it unbelievable yes. i rewound it like six times and i paused it and i was like oh my gosh look how look how damn high he got i was like freaking mm-hmm. out so yes sorry go ahead no, I was going to say that was just one of those moments that in the building, like everybody just lost their minds. And then, yeah, like you look down at the sheet, and it's like, all right, this is Cam Whitmore. This is the one guy I haven't seen because he doesn't play at one of these big prep schools that plays everybody else. So it's hard to just be like, I'm going to take this, set aside the time to watch the number 21 recruits game. Like when we have all this other draft content that we're trying to right. turn out. Um, so it's just like, he kind of slipped through the cracks for me. And based on the tools, the savvy, uh, the motor that he plays with and the program that he's going to, it just feels like he's going to be a guy that everyone's going to look at in a year and be like, Oh, how did, how did the evaluators miss out on him? How did they have him this low? Like that really feels like it's on the table for him. Cause there's always that guy. Mm-hmm. That's what's like so exciting about watching these games and like looking at where everyone has, you know, the mainstream big boards where they're like rolling the dice and putting everyone places. It's like, there's always a guy that's projected. about Jaden Ivey like people thought he was a lottery pick now he might be going top four so I, I rem- watching that block I literally stopped it and I was like what in the world because it was like remember when the dunk contests were fun and Dwight Howard had that one year where he put the sticker up top or whatever it looked like that because yeah. I was like he got so up like he wasn't like moving a ton to get that moment it just like got there and I was like oh my gosh like he can bounce so mm-hmm. yeah see now now i'm pumped up now it just took me about 40 minutes but now i'm ready to roll <laughs> how helpful um so 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 just for reference whitmore is the 29th ranked recruit but that that does feel high for guys we've seen go to villanova recently and on, on the broadcast they said that jay wright was telling him in the recruiting that he sees a lot of bridges bay and pascal in his oh, game gosh. so maxwell do, do you think that's legitimate or is that jay wright going back to his mo- three most recent highest draft picks and telling a high schooler hey look you could be one of these guys i probably a little of both like obviously if you if you can tell like a, a guy like hey i got these three players with a sim- similar physical profile you drafted you're gonna do it um but i don't i don't think he's wrong i mean you just these guys that are that athletic in that selfless and able to move the ball just do not come along very often and they're one of the most valuable types of players that exists so yeah i'm i'm sure he did and i'm sure it's true uh he's another guy where like from what i've read up on there's a little bit of concern about the outside shot and i think i don't think he hit much from the outside in this game but man villanova's got a good track record with getting guys to shoot which was the other thing so Again, it just seems like a. It seems like a lot of these guys are, and I think Arkansas might. You hate to say it, but it's like it might be the one exception because you just there's so much talent going there that it might get a little crowded. Um, but it just feels like a lot of these guys picked the perfect school for them, like Walker with Houston. This one, Amari Bailey walking to a UCLA team that could just use another guy to to kind of play make a little bit and keep the ball moving. Like all, I, I'm really excited to just see some of these fits next year. For sure. And the, the, the last specific guy that I want to ask you about is Cleo Ware, uh, seven foot center going Oof. to Oregon. And, and he's very skinny, but 
God, can the dude leap? And I, I think his introduction to the game, I think he was on the court for about 10 seconds and then has this one-handed reach back tip dunk. That's like, okay, hello. Um, but then a little after that, the broadcast spent about five minutes shitting on his inconsistent motor before saying they would take him third overall in the next draft. So there's a little confusing messaging there. Um, but but what were your overall kind of takeaways from where besides, holy shit, can this dude jump? Yeah, uh, man, I would not have guessed the motor thing because the thing that jumped out to me both in this game and watching the scrimmage is it seemed like this dude came in there and was like, I am going to take Derek Lively's name out of your mouth and put my name in it. Like he came in just ready to go to war. And I loved that. I loved the mentality he played with. I loved that he didn't care. I loved it. And he he had some like tip dunks that he missed that he tried to do with one hand where it's like, maybe you just grab that one with two, come down with it and go back up. But um that dude wanted to make plays he wanted to make highlights he wanted to block every shot that came near him uh he moved really well he jumped really well he he just seems like one of those nba bigs that's gonna have a really long career um i you know i don't know what a shooting touch looks like and and things like that um that that's probably gonna be the thing that limits him a little bit He, he does have to get bigger because he's a teenager but I was I was really blown away with him. I, I love the fire that he played with, and the mode comment is just so shocking to hear. And again, like it, when I watch him, I'm normally focused more on Nick Smith because they're on the same team. Uh, but I, I was thoroughly impressed with Khalil Ware. Rucker, how did Ware leave feeling? So I'm I you know I'm an Arizona Wildcats fan. Um, I live in Phoenix, but um, I watched this guy, and I was like who the fuck is this guy? He just was so impressive. Like he just kept doing all this stuff. And then they're like, yeah, he's going to Oregon. And I was like, no, I was like, I have to deal with him all next year. He was like, oh, and and hearing you say like the motor thing, I was like, what? Because he was just flying over the place. Just a messenger. No, (laughs) be better. Be better. I got a shotgun. I'm going to shoot. No, um, It was just like, man, like he he was just flying all over. He's throwing every dunk. He's trying to block everything. So I was like, oh boy, like I get he's skinny, but everyone's skinny in high school. I mean, and looks like he's playing with his hair on fire. I was very, very intrigued. And I was like, oh, great. Now he's going to Oregon. I have to deal with the duck or a guy just blocking shots all the time now. So um, no, I was I was pleasantly surprised with him. I definitely was like, okay, writing that name down, like that one's definitely one to circle. So, um, yeah, I, I was very intrigued. All right, Maxwell, I, I just kind of want to open mic it and just hand the reins over to you. If there's yeah. anything that we missed from either the all, the all American game that we didn't cover that you want to make sure to point out or cover or at least mention, or anything in the draft world. Uh, the the show is now yours you are you are now in charge um yeah i want to talk about what we've been watching recently just in yes um because it seems like we're now at the point where you know most college basketball is done um so what have you guys been watching recently and has anything stood out to you because for me it's been a lot of international stuff and we can hit on a few guys first but i'm just curious first if there's anything that you've been watching or anything anyone that's jumped out to you and has started to make that kind of like this season is over but they're climbing sort of leap at this point metcalf you want to go or do you want me to go no you go you talk um I'm in a puzzling situation right now that I think Dyson Daniels is going to go higher than we think. Um, I've I've been uh, stirring up some some Twitter buzz around top five Dyson, uh, which he's actually he's actually not top five on my board. I'm just <laughs> thinking about it a lot. I'm, I'm 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 just doing it for the for the impressions. Uh, no, but I I do really like Dyson Daniels. I I have him sixth right now on my board. Um. Uh- what are you what are you kind of seeing that's that's getting you to buy in? It's not the increased added inch. Um, so everyone can calm down about that, you know. Let's get Completely let's be mature here. Now. Completely mm-hmm. different player now that he's apparently six eight. But um just looking at the numbers out the year, how he finished the year, the shot really took a leap at the end of the year. Like that was a massive jump. 
And I'm just thinking like, I'm, I'm, I keep looking at the board and the range and I'm like, he's going to go higher because he's, he's young. He, I think he just turned 19 or he's going to turn 18. Good size, plays smart, plays ass on, on defense. Um, Metcalf, maybe you even said it. I can't believe I'm going to compliment you, but he said he arguably might be the best perimeter defender in this class. If someone's like, okay, he's probably the best perimeter defender. So I think just teams are going to be really intrigued with like, okay, he's he took those steps forward. He knows how to play the game. He might be low maintenance as a rookie because he's just going to like not force the issue and he's a playmaker. Like I just keep checking boxes every time I watch him. I'm like, fuck, if that shot is really coming around, like why not Dyson going earlier? I just could see a world where he's top eight. Like a, a like he's – someone picking eighth takes him and everyone's like, Whoa. And I'll be like, I'm not surprised. Like it, it, you could see like one organization really falling in love with them. So I think I'm, yeah, I'm stuck on Dyson right now because I really, the more I've watched him the entire year, every single time I turn off the tape, I'm like, okay, I like him more. I like him a little bit more. I like, and it's just every single time. And the last stretches where he was, putting up good numbers, rebounding like the shit out of the ball and making plays while shooting. I think he shot like 40% from three in his last like 10 games. So that was a huge jump. So yeah, that's where I'm at. What about you guys? Yeah. For me, the, the, the finish to the season with the shot, the fact that he's openly talking about how much more comfortable he is shooting it and that being a big reason for it. And the other thing is, and I thought this with Kuminga last year um, and Jalen green to an extent, I don't think we properly evaluate the fact that they're shooting from NBA three. Like this is a three point percentage that is, you know, a little troubling, but it's not like he's doing it from the college line. He's already, he did not have to adjust again. He's already shooting it from NBA three point line. So if it's a little bit below average, that's where he's going to start off as a rookie. Like that's, that's where it is. We don't have to have the question of, okay, well, when it scales back a couple extra feet, is it going to be even worse? Don't have to worry about it. It's already there. Um, to me, the thing is like his release is still just slow mm-hmm. um, and he's a little stiff getting into it, but his floater game is really fluid. So I think based on that, his floater touch, I think I, I believe he's going to shoot it eventually. And I just feel like the track record with guys learning how to shoot has become so good. And all that you hear about him characterizes positive. Like everything that you hear is like, he's so smart. He worked so hard. Everybody seems to love this guy. And all the other stuff is there. He has incredibly polished footwork. He's long. He makes great decisions. He knows how to wall guys off. Even though he's skinny, he's still just like preventing guys from getting where they want to go on the court defensively against professionals. This is all stuff he's doing at 18, 19 years old. And it's with this big shooting improvement at the end of the season, it's hard not to get really excited about it and just think like, okay, maybe it seems a bit rich right now, but if we look back at this in 10 years, are we going to regret seeing, hey, this guy had a massive shooting explosion for the end of the season. We knew he was one of the smartest players in the draft. We knew he was one of the best defenders in the draft. And we knew that everyone talked about how good his motor is. Like, is that, do we want to put ourselves in that situation and have him outside of the top 10? Because I don't. Metcalf, you want me to keep going or do you want to jump in on this? <sighs> no, I, I I still need to do my like second half of the season Ignite D-Dive because... Um, that them and like the international guys, I kind of struggle to really keep up with consistently during college season because I just try and focus on staying up to date with the college games as much as possible. So these next couple of weeks are going to be when I'm doing the the shade and sharp high school dive, the international deep dive, and then with these, you know, the the, the night guys. Um, Maxwell, I'm I'm a little offended that you asked me to factor in context and use nuance and reasoning when evaluating these guys. I'm, <laughs> I'll let that one slide for now. Um, but and the, but the, he's the, right. Over, no, I am. Yeah, no shit. He's right. We just had an hour long conversation. About <laughs> Tuesday. Um, but I, I, it really seems like that like Daniels continues to trend upward, even though it kind of seems like he has been all season. I, I still have him at 15, but that's, and that's just based on the games where he wasn't shooting it that well. So I, I'm really excited to dive into these games and really like, Oh shit. Okay. So the shots here now that's big because it, at that size with that defense, it, it's always going to be 
the shot and can you shoot or can you at least keep defenses honest and if he can at that size that makes him attacking the interior way more valuable because defenders are at least thinking about closing out and that subtle hesitation creates you know wide open driving lanes for a lot of these guys he's so smooth I think that's the word every time I watch him, like he's just smooth. Like he's under control, poised. He can get through traffic and it's like slithery and under control. Like guys can come at him and he can slowly sidestep and just like kind of glide for a reverse on the other side. Or he can just throw that floater up when he knows someone's closing out hard. He throws floaters up with touch from like the elbow and it's like, whoa. And he hits them all the time. Then he's got that little step back. It, he just is like, it's that he makes guys go to his speed. Like he's not in a hurry. He kind of, he kind of just come down to me. Like, no, we don't need to speed mm-hmm. up. We can just go to my, my level. So I think that's where I just keep watching him the more like the, the decisiveness, like the playmaking also with it is just really, really fascinating. Cause he's driving now and like kicking and seeing guys and, and making beautiful passes. So yeah, I, I mean, I had him. I haven't touched my big board since last time we did one at No Ceilings. I had him at thirteen, and I there's going to be top ten for sure. I'm going to have a tough. I think I've, I'm going to get him in there for some for some way. What about Maxwell? You got anywhere anyone else? Because now I'm going to keep Metcalf talking all night about draft prospects. Yeah, uh, let's. Um, I want to save my Usman Jiang takes for my column next week. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, to, please don't. I'm not there, there yet because that's going to oh, be a hell of an episode. Yeah. Um, so I've also been doing a lot of, uh, Gabriel Pachita film recently. Um, speaking of like slithery, the way that he like works his way to the rim for putbacks is unreal. Um, and it's like the level of swagger and confidence he plays with <laughs> is hysterical. Like I it's so him. great. Like that he's, dude, he's perfect. I love. He him commands so the room. It's it's fantastic. So he's been another guy. And then Kamigate is another one that I've been watching a lot of recently. That I I feel like he's a guy that I've kind of like waxed and waned on a little bit. Like there have been times where I'm like all in on him, and then so I'm like, ah, you know, I don't really see it. Or like there's like little frustrating moments. I think he's made some really nice in-season improvements, though. Right. Um, he's always had really good mobility, but the big thing with him is he's just he used to just have like a bad habit of losing his man when he'd like come to yeah. help or guard in the pick and roll and things like that. And in the recent games I've seen from him, he's really cleaned that up. Um, so just between that, like his catch radius, his feet going from screening or slipping just to the rim are so quick, like. I'm, I think he's he might move up for me a little bit. Like I, I've been really impressed with the recent games from him, and his production's been great too. His points per game is up, getting more blocks. Like it just seems like he's really growing comfortable with like, hey, I'm I'm a real player now. I play big minutes. I'm on the court all the time, and I figured out how to manage these coverages and things like that. Like it just seems like mentally he's he's there. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with those bigs and and people freak out about it is like you see the you see the negatives in the beginning of the year and you're like, "Oh, I don't know." But it's like bigs always are so weird when they're like raw and then all of a sudden stuff's starting to click. And you saw that in the beginning of the year Kamigate is like, "Whoa, I can do some stuff that I I, you know, I can I can hang out here." And then I think what mm-hmm. you're saying too is like you're starting to see now it's like he's cleaning a little bit more of that stuff up. He's getting a little bit more comfortable. So the confidence is kicking in. Like, I still think he'll have, he'll need to be in the right place where it's like, Hey, let's take, let's be patient. Let's put you on the Clint Capella career path plan. And I really like him because he plays so damn hard. And I, his motor does not shut off. And it's like, it's one of those things where like, it wasn't like he was making frustrating decisions or anything like that. But now that he's more comfortable and he's a late bloomer too, it's like, this is just not a guy that's been on the court in a lot of high level situations. You're just seeing certain things now where it's like, Oh, you're a really smart player too. Like right. coming to the season, it was like, all right, yeah, he's like a good athlete and whatever. And it's like, Oh no, like he's got some real savvy to him. He knows when to lay in the pick. He knows when the slip is there. Like it's, it's really coming together. And I, I kind of like that idea of kind of bringing him along slowly, but I just, I think now with, where his ability to kind of manage like pick and roll coverages are and things like that on defense. I think my belief in him to play earlier is definitely a little bit higher. Right. Right. Gotcha. 
I do wish you would sit down in his stance a little bit more when he switched on to guards. That's like the one pick and roll coverage thing that's still like irking me with him is there'll be times where he's, he gets switched under guard and he'll just get completely upright. And those are the times where he'll let guys get closer to the rim. And sometimes he can still force a bad floater just because he's a better athlete than a lot of guys in the French league and things like that. But if he could sort of like just cat and mouse guys into worse shots, that's like the next, next kind of piece for him. Well, I, I don't know where else you're getting 2023 draft previews combined with Ishmael <laughs> Kamagate and Dyson Daniels talk. Uh, Maxwell, thank you so much for your time, for your recap, for your work going to the game. You're right up all of it. Uh, it was phenomenal. This was a lot of fun. But as we end every episode, what's the best thing in the basketball world that you saw recently? Uh, I tweeted the video of it the other day. It's the Gabriel Prochita putback dunk that he had in that game recently. It's so great. The fact that he looks at his hand afterwards as if he's like Booker T queuing up the spinner Rooney. It is, it is next level. I, I just couldn't get over like the fact that he slithered through, got that putback dunk crowd went nuts for it. And then he just threw the taunt on him. It was, it was phenomenal. Got me so hyped up. Like that got me just, I was like a little burnt out after the tournament, things like that. Saw that put back dunk. And I was like, all right, I'm back in. They pulled me back in. Rucker. How about you? Um, New Orleans Pelicans guard Jose Alvarado is my favorite thing I've seen. I loved yeah. Alvarado so much in college. And I was just like, I, I, I didn't have him in my top 60. No, wait, I might have. I, ha- I might have had him like right on the edge. But I was like, someone's got to give this guy a two-way, give him a shot because he belongs on a roster. And seeing him like get rewarded and, and how he's been playing lately with the fucking hiding on the sidelines to go steal the ball from behind. Like teams need guys like that where they're just like, I'm going to do everything possible to stick. And, and it's contagious mm-hmm. and it's just been awesome. So it's been hilarious. Sorry, Portland Trailblazer fans. I know times are tough right now, but you're probably going to get rewarded in a couple months. So let's just be patient. But yeah, that's my favorite thing. What about you, Metcalf? And please don't tell me Johnny Davis declaring or the Minnesota Timberwolves. We need something else. Well, if we were talking about the worst thing we saw, then I might talk about the Timberwolves because that Toronto game was fucking awful. Um, No, but I I think it's from that McDonald's All-American game. The sequence that Brandon Miller had, uh, shooting guard going to Alabama. Um, He he gets screened on uh, baseline inbounds. Uh, is a little late to switch, but recovers, blocks the guy from behind, brings the ball up the wing, delivers a live dribble, one-handed no-look pass to a cutter if that leads him directly to the rim for a dunk through traffic. Uh, it was just like, oh, my God, what, you're a high schooler, sir. What You, you should not be doing this stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I was like, okay, Alabama's got a fun player. And so, yeah, that, that, that was the one sequence in that game that just like really – left an impression on me but maxwell thank you so much again please plug away tell the people where they can find you where they can support you yeah thanks for having me on i really appreciate it always always a pleasure to be here um my twitter handle is at bound boards b-a-u-m boards uh so you can go find me there and then all my work is on no ceilings so if you're not subscribed not going to no ceilings nba.com hitting that subscribe button you're making a huge mistake uh you're gonna have to explain that to your future children and their children someday that you didn't subscribe (laughs) uh so make sure you go ahead and do that Rucker, please plug away. Um, I'm at No Ceilings too. Um, you catch me on social media at Backcourt V and at Tyler underscore Rucker. Um, YouTube channel is going to be having some fun stuff coming up lately. Um, please go check out Maxwell's piece. It was awesome. I loved reading it. It was really, really good and got me already down a rabbit hole for 2023, which I was not expecting uh, in March, but Hey, it was great. So thank you Metcalf for having me as always. I love doing this with you, Maxwell. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, It was a blast. Once again, I am Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at team Metcalf one, one. Like these guys said, please make sure to go to no ceilings, NBA.com where you can find all of our written work for free. It's a hundred percent free. And we're putting out stuff daily. Um, if you hit that subscribe button, it will still cost you a grand total of $0 and all of our work gets delivered directly to your inbox once it is published again for free. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at no ceilings NBA, and please subscribe to us on YouTube at no ceilings TV. We've got a lot of really cool and fun projects coming up and in the pipeline for that. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review and a five-star rating until next time.
see ya.